Welcome to Sound Authors. Today's show is a real pleasure. I had the great honor of speaking with Lisa Genova years ago now, 11 years ago. And it's wonderful to go back and listen to the aspiration she had at that point before Still Alice became a massive mega hit across the world, before it became a major motion picture. I think what it does more than anything else is really give writers hope and all kinds of folks who believe in something and create something that will make a difference and put all of their energy and time behind it like Lisa Genova did in order to bring light to something like in her book Early Onset Alzheimer's. It's so important. Lisa Genova got her PhD from Harvard and really changed her life and her world when this book hit it big. She's since written some amazing other books. All of her writing is worth reading and checking out. Let's look back at this conversation with Lisa Genova, and I will catch you on the flip side. There's a quote from the improper Bostonian that says, uh, With grace and compassion, Lisa Genova writes about the enormous white emptiness created by Alzheimer's in the mind of the still too young and active Alice. Um, tell us again, what was your background in writing this book? Why did you focus on this character that has Alzheimer's? Um, well, I wanted to write a story about a woman with Alzheimer's who was young rather than um, someone who was older. Uh, most people, when they hear about Alzheimer's, the image that pops to your head is of an 85-year-old grandparent, usually in end stages of the disease. So you picture someone who's sort of vacant-eyed and doesn't know anyone anymore and is perhaps in a nursing home. Uh, this is the end stage of the disease, but it's not everything. It, there's a lot of life between diagnosis and end stage. And there are over half a million people in the United States alone that have Alzheimer's under the age of 65. So these people are in the middle of careers. They're pre-retirement. They're in the middle of their busy lives, and they get the rug pulled out from under them. And it's a long and terrifying fall. So I thought it was a story that hadn't really been told. We, we sort of hear a lot about Alzheimer's in the elderly population, but we don't really have a good sense for what the person with early onset looks and sounds like. So I thought it, was, it would be an interesting story to tell. Tell us a little bit about Alice. So Alice is a 50-year-old psychology professor at Harvard University, um, and she starts experiencing moments of forgetting and confusion. Um, but like most busy professional people her age would, she, you know, Alzheimer's is nowhere on her radar. She passes these things off to signs of normal aging or to multitasking too much or being overtired or not getting enough sleep and so on. But uh, things get worse, as they do with this disease, and eventually she sees a neurologist and learns that she has early-onset Alzheimer's. And so with no treatment that will alter the ultimate course of this disease, Alice is forced to uh, lose her life at Harvard, which is, of course, very cerebral, um, and it's where she'd placed all her worth and identity. So without it, she's forced to look for answers to questions like, who am I now and how do I matter? And all the while, this disease is uh, getting worse and the haze of dementia is thickening around her. 
So she struggles to hold on to essential pieces of herself as her very self is diminishing. Now, is it a is it a, a depressing book? Is it down? Um, yes and no. I mean, the the disease is. I mean, this isn't as of now. Alzheimer's does not have a happy ending. Um, but I would say that the response from let me put it this way: the response from the Alzheimer's community, the people who have this disease, and caregivers of the people who have this disease, uh, their the response from them has been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, they feel that although fiction, this story has told the truth about what it's like to live with this disease, and it is not doom and gloom, the Grim Reaper hovering in the corners at every moment. Um, this is a story about sort of how to, if you, it's funny because a lot of people are right now reading Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, and he talks a lot about what happens if you, if you lose your identity and attachment to form, you can ultimately find peace and get a sense of the being, the being that you are. And if you lose identity with career and so forth, it's a way of sort of detaching from all the things that are keeping us from being true to, to sort of your soul and spirit. And I think that one of the things that happens with Alice and something that happens with a lot of people who do have early onset Alzheimer's is when you lose so much of what you've come to think of as important and, and your identity, you start to have a chance to, to understand how you really matter without those things. So there's a lot of positive that goes on for Alice. Um, she discovers relationship and connection with her, people in her family that she didn't have before she had Alzheimer's because she was so consumed with her professional life. I'm a bit interested in, um, I have a PhD also, um, and most PhDs don't spend their time um, writing novels. How did you go from doing um, journal-like uh, research uh, to doing uh, fiction about uh, Alzheimer's disease? Right, so I have a PhD in neuroscience, and so I've been interested in the brain and how the brain affects behavior for a long time. Um, while I was getting my PhD, my grandmother had Alzheimer's, and she was in her 80s, and um, it really hit the family hard. Uh, it was heartbreaking to watch her uh, just dis become disassembled by this disease, essentially. Um, a lot of things started to happen for me. I, I watched this disease steal my grandmother, and while it was heartbreaking to watch, I also thought it was fascinating and wish that we had known about this disease in her earlier when she could have communicated to us what it felt like to be going through this. Um, I thought it was, it would, I just thought it would be an interesting story to understand, um, not so much the molecular and the clinical, which is where I was spending my time at the bench understanding how molecules uh, go haywire and can cause disease, but to sort of understand from the very human point of view how this disease manifests and feels. Um, I left the bench shortly after um, I got my degree and went into strategy consulting for biotech and pharmaceuticals. And then from there, I took some time off after my daughter was born and I had a chance to sort of stop for a moment, and I had sort of had my head down working really hard in scientific pursuits for a long time, and 
I had always wanted to try acting, and I'd always wanted to try writing. And I sort of had the opportunity, what, while the brakes were on, while I was raising my daughter, to, to try those things. And um, I had always wanted to write this book, and I had sort of the time and the opportunity to get going on it, and so I did. And you're, and you're working on uh, a couple other projects uh, right now, is that correct? It is. So one of the, the book I'm focusing on most at the moment is um, a nonfiction uh, with a working title right now called Living Alzheimer's. Um, when I finished Still Alice, I found that I knew a lot of people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who had early onset Alzheimer's. It was through the course of doing the research for the book that I came to know a lot of people. And I just, I didn't feel, I don't feel ready quite yet to move on from the topic of Alzheimer's. Uh, this is a group of people who still don't get included in what gets talked about when people talk about Alzheimer's. And again, I think that people tend to think of Alzheimer's as end stage and equate it with a death sentence. And there are people out there living well with this disease, um, and they have stories to tell, and their stories are uh, enlightening and helpful for families who are struggling with this disease, so they've figured out ways to cope and adapt and function despite the losses that they suffer and continue to su suffer. But they've also figured out, they've also gained a wisdom and a peace with life that it would be interesting to anyone, um, not just people that are in the trenches with Alzheimer's. So um, I'm writing a, a nonfiction book. It's a collection of interviews and stories um, that should hopefully put a human face on what living with this disease is like. And it's, it's not a list of symptoms. It's not a clinical book by any means. Um, it's sort of in the spirit of um, Oliver Sacks, the man who mistook his wife for a hat. Right. And your your website has a whole bunch of information, including a, a blog that you update uh, now and again uh, with with real stories of people with Alzheimer's as well. Right. I write the blog for the National Alzheimer's Association. They have a campaign called Voice Open Move, and their website is um, actionalls.org. And um, I write some stories about people that I know, and then I just sort of write... Um, anecdotes and stories that hopefully help educate and illuminate different aspects of um, from the very clinical and scientific and research end of things to sort of everyday life of I can't find my keys. And how, is, how has your book been doing? Uh, very well. I'm really excited about it. Um, it's been so well received by the Alzheimer's community, which is the highest compliment I can receive. Um, and the people who, there are people who have no personal connection at all with Alzheimer's who have given me some feedback. And I think it's a moving story, and I think it works because it's about so much more than Alzheimer's. Um, I don't think the book lectures or preaches or gets too clinical. Um, and it's about living a life that matters, and it's about what a crisis does to relationships. And it's been incredibly rewarding to know that the book has given even these readers with no connection to Alzheimer's an awareness and a sensitivity to what families live with and struggle with. Thank you so much for being on the show, Lisa Genova, Ph.D. Thank you so much. Keep you 
Thanks for listening to Sound Authors. It's such a pleasure for me to go back to these old conversations and listen to some people who really made it and others who maybe didn't. In this case, Lisa Genova is one of those folks who put so much effort and time and money and all of that just put her shoulder behind this book, Still Alice. And it was amazing to watch her hit it big to really get this issue out into the world. It's so inspiring to see that books can do that and ideas can do that. Go check out all of the things she's been doing. Uh, she has some amazing talks online and, and her books are so accessible and easy to read and so full of important things. And I think you and I can take some real inspiration as writers and readers that we should put our shoulder behind something impactful and really devote our life to those things and uh, we can really make a difference. I will catch you on the next episode of Sound Authors and I look forward to it. Be well and I'll catch you on the flip side.